Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Disney Plus blows up the streaming airways. Pokemon has a new entry. And the good and potentially bad news when it comes to Star Wars. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, and also the Lakers Fast Break and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend, He's our own plus of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, his hit show, Topicocalypse, and also his awesome book, Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Should we just name everything a plus now? Because there's Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, ESPN Plus, this plus, that plus, everything plus, 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 plus. Pop Culture Cosmos Plus, there you only six ninety nine a year, and if you subscribe now, you will get free access to. Uh, what do we have to give away? Well, I've got some PC codes for some PC games. Yeah, you get some free access to uh, Gerald's email address, and you can just send him questions and stuff. Yeah, it's a bargain. It's a bargain spread right there. I can send them plenty of screeners for some low budget horror movies if they want. I get those in my email box all the time. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good to me. That's a bargain right there. Subscribe now for six ninety nine a year, and then you'll get plus the things that Gerald has to offer. No, no, no. Let's scratch that. No, not the six ninety nine a year. Let's hike up the price now. I, you know, just like Netflix, I've changed my mind. I'm going to hike up the price even more. Just kidding, everybody. Just kidding. There's no Pop Culture Cosmos Plus on the way, unless we do a Patreon. So, you know, I know that's something that's you know always talked about, but you know what? We're still thinking about that. But anyways, we've got a great show lined up for everyone out there, including talking about what's going on. You know what's going on, people, because Disney Plus exploded out into the marketplace. We're going to talk the real hard numbers and also the interface itself, because I, I believe, was one of the first people to actually got to use it, download it, and start navigating through it. So I'll give you my impressions. Josh followed suit. And also had a chance to go ahead and navigate and look through a lot of the programming that's available and see what's out there and things of that nature. So we're going to share our thoughts on Disney Plus and also have a review of the first episode of The Mandalorian, which I know a lot of people were actually diving into the first thing they would see when they got Disney Plus. So we're going to talk about Disney Plus, The Mandalorian, and all that good stuff coming up here in a minute. Plus also as well, Pokemon Sword and Shield is on the way this weekend. Cool, cool, cool for Switch owners. We're going to talk about that, how well it's being received, and if it's something for you Pokemon fans out there that love traveling and playing on the Switch. Also as well, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. We've talked about it before, but the plot thickens, my friend. And I'll tell everybody out there as well what's going on with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order at the back end of the show. So little Star Wars here, little Star Wars there. Plus, also as well, on the back half hour of the show, we're also going to have Rob McCallum and J-Rock talking together about a lot of great pop culture things on on his off-the-cuff segment. And also, 
Josh, I believe a special cut of your Topicocalypse as well. Yeah, we got a special cut of Topicocalypse. So stay tuned. Fair enough. Josh, the consumer of Star Wars. So what place can you consume a lot of Star Wars? Well, as of this week, it is Disney Plus because Disney Plus did debut on the 12th. And a lot of people, I tell you what, they were so excited indeed. I was one of those people. Josh was one of those people. A lot of people are just sizing up the Disney Plus experience itself. It got off to a rocky start because you know, there's a lot of people downloading the app and trying to use the app all at the same time. So there was first day jitters, first day problems. I think even there's even some individuals out there that are still having issues with it. Disney has you know, outright apologized, consumer demand. But I'll tell you what, Josh, can I ask you this? When you logged in, did you have any issues? Because Disney did state that they had over 10 million signups after one day after launching it, which is incredible. Just mind-boggling numbers right there. You know, already competing in the space with some of the big boys out there in the streaming market, plus over 3 million downloads of the app on its first day alone. So I can see why there were some issues because... I don't think anybody is going to be able to handle that kind of workload, especially on the first day. Uh, no, I didn't have any issues getting on it at all. I so I subs I you know I did the subscription thing on a different computer, and then when I got home, I downloaded the app and just logged in. I had no issues whatsoever. You know, I was able to navigate it pretty easy. It it downloaded onto the Xbox probably in about three minutes, and then I jumped on there and scrolled through all the menus. You know, of course they have like the different sections recommended Star Wars. Pixar and things like that. So it's easy to find things. You know, I love how diverse the, the, the viewing options are. I love Gargoyles is, is, is now trending because so many people have gone back and watched it. They even have Heavyweights on there, which is a movie I haven't seen in a long time. Robin Hood has been trending. Has it? Yeah, a lot of people that we know or that we coordinate with when it concerns the show have just like zoomed in on Robin Hood as, you know, the original cartoon Robin Hood, I should say, as being one of the first places that they went to. I know also as well, and this goes in the discussion with what you would talk about with the, uh, the social awareness, so to speak, on some of the older films that they have. They do have a disclaimer uh, stating that there were different issues at the time of this release, but they are releasing it in the manner that it was released back in the day. So, but they are putting at least disclaimers, which I think is okay. I think it's acceptable. I think that's not, there's no problem with it. They're letting you know right there. They're not giving you any surprises. So, you know, you know ahead of time that this movie was presented in this fashion back in the day in a different era. So some of the movies like Dumbo and the Aristocrats and things of that nature are being shown with that message in front of it. Like you were talking about, it's very easy to navigate through. I want to give Disney Plus very great props on that. It reminds me, you know, a lot of Netflix. They, they took a lot of good things on Netflix as far as to navigate through. I think they made it a little bit better. It reminds me a lot of what I see when I look on my Amazon Fire Stick and I go through all the selections and whatnot. It's patterned in the same way, and I really think it's very easy to navigate through. I can't wait to see some things like the black hole. I know that's you know something that has also trended as well. A lot of people were interested in that old movie, and they go ahead and they start the rotation of old stuff from the vaults and and put that in there. Those are some great memories. And yes, there is a lot to choose from right now. I think well over five hundred to start with, which I think is a good place to start for Disney Plus owners. Yeah, you know what? They even have Atlantis and Treasure Planet on there. I haven't seen anything about the disclaimers that you mentioned. I'll have to take a look at those, but. Yeah, they have heavyweights. Atlantis is on there, Treasure Planet. I haven't looked for like Tarzan. There's a few on there that I want to watch, but I do love. Also, you can go back and watch like the 1994 Spider-Man and the Iron Man series, 1992 X-Men series. Like those are all shows that I've always wanted to go back and watch. But uh, it's just there's going to be there's lots of things on there and it's going to be worth hours and hours of viewing. You know, like I said on the show last week, like I feel like this is a subscription service that I feel like I can stay with for a while. And you know it's not going to be priced at that same amount, so I'm recommending if anybody's on the fence that they buy in now and that they buy in for a full year or multiple years if they can because the fact that it's cheaper now 
because this time next year, you and I both know, Josh, they're going to do the Netflix thing and they're going to bump up the price at some point in time in the not too distant future. That's pretty much a given in the streaming industry. We've seen it before. Or if you get the bundle, which everybody is now finally starting to appreciate, I think about at least a couple of weeks after they introduced it or whatnot with Hulu and ESPN Plus, that they're bundling all together, I think at $13 or $14. That in itself is a very good deal if you want that well-rounded, including sports, but also a more adult programming as well. So I think that's a great deal if you want to go in on that. And that, I think beats anything that Netflix by itself or even HBO Max by itself can offer when you have all of Hulu, all the extra stuff ESPN shows that you can't get on their regular site of ESPN.com, and then also as well everything on Disney+. Plus. So I think that's a great value if you go towards that route as well. But going through the actual Disney Plus system, it's very easy to navigate through. I didn't have any issues, didn't have any concerns or problems. Only time I did, actually, I should state one, is when – I kept wanting to go back to the Marvel, and it actually uh, clunked out on me a couple times. It would let me go back into the Marvel section. But outside of that, it's it's been pretty easy going through in and out and navigating through. My daughters have just loved the fact that Avengers Assemble, the animated series, is on there. I was watching an Avengers documentary that I hadn't seen before. So I, I really find a lot of great stuff there. I know you were talking about going back and seeing all the Star Wars films. It has every one except for, I think, what? Does not have... Huh? Doesn't have Solo. No Solo on there. And does not have The Last Jedi. Does not have Solo and The Last Jedi from what I saw. So outside of that, it does have the rest of them. I think including Rogue One as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Okay. And yeah, so it has that. and, And for the Marvel films, it has most of the MCU films. Not all but it does have a lot of the more important ones outside of Infinity War. I mean, if, if you're looking for Infinity War, it doesn't have that yet, but it does have Endgame, does have Captain Marvel, does have a lot of the other MCU films. The Winter Soldier, which is our favorite MCU film. So I'll tell you what, there's a lot of great stuff that you can navigate through, not even mentioning the National Geographic stuff, the new series with Jeff Goldblum. There's a new movie, Noel, with... Anna Kendrick, that's not getting the greatest of reviews, but if you're in like a, you know, almost like a Christmassy mood, and you want to see a, a Christmas movie, there you go right there. So there's lots of stuff there for people right now to go ahead and consume. And I think it's only going to get better with the course of time. I think Disney is really behind us 100%. We'll see how long that continues, but they've started off everything correct, in my opinion, outside of the trouble that they had initially with the launch. But I don't think anything in our current internet way of life can, you know, all that instant demand and consumption. I don't think our technology at this point in time can really handle that mass consumption all at one time. So you're going to have those issues. But I think by this time next week, it should all clear itself up and it should be pretty easy to navigate at this point in time. So your thoughts going forward on Disney Plus, are you going to go ahead and make that your first entry your your first stop when it comes to the streaming marketplace are you focusing more on what's coming there than let's say a netflix or an hbo max or anywhere else no not really like i there's a lot of things i want to watch on disney plus and of course i'm going to keep going back to star wars but then you know i look outside i still want to check out you know hbo's app to see Watchmen and finish silicon valley i still want to go back to netflix to watch the witcher and i know netflix just signed a deal with nickelodeon and there's lots of stuff on other streaming platforms i would like to watch but disney is something that's going to keep me busy for a while so it's something i'm not going to be canceling to jump to another service it's something i'll i'll keep because i never know i might be in the mood to watch star wars i might be in the mood to watch x-men i might be in the mood to watch you know atlantis or something like i will be keeping this to go back and watch those but it's not going to keep me from jumping onto other streaming services because, you know, I am really excited about The Witcher and there's, you know, there's other shows coming out on other platforms that are going to be good. Amazon Prime, you know, and uh, HBO, Star, I don't know, you know, Stars is still doing things, but it's not going to stop me from jumping over to other platforms to watch things when they are on and relevant. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? 
for the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you mentioned The Witcher, and even before its debut, it's it's already had a uh, Netflix pick up the order for season two. So that's how much Netflix is excited for it, it, it because they've already picked up a season two order for it. So that's amazing that the Netflix is already getting that type of love already. I mean, the advanced word, the trailers have come out. A lot of people are, are dissecting it left and right. So for, a lot of people are getting excited for it. And I can't wait to see what happens in December when the witcher comes to netflix but for disney plus you mentioned star wars star wars had a little entry debut coming out with the advent of disney plus and that was the mandalorian and i've got some thoughts on it but i want to hear yours first my friend on the first episode of the mandalorian and where you hope the series goes from here you know at least from where i'm sitting is the idea that I don't know where it's going to go. I didn't know really anything about The Mandalorian until I watched it last night, and I don't have any expectations for where it might go. I love the way that it ended. I love like the mystery of like, oh, I've never seen another one of those before. The show has personality. It's got it's gritty to a point. You know, like they they show the guy getting chopped in half by the door. Of course, they're not going to show the blood or anything, but like it got dark. It got that dark, and you know that was. For, I think I'm pretty sure this is one of the last things that like there is a model of this that George Lucas was working on before he sold the Disney, the uh, kind of like the criminal underbelly world of Star Wars. And it was kind of cool to see that. What I'm interested in is finding out more about the Mandalorian, where they come from, who is, you know, they, there's obviously there's rogue groups of uh, Imperials left out there. So what's happening? Is this game going to lead into, or not game, is this show going to lead into how the First Order was formed? There's a lot of questions there that I have, and I'd like to see answered at some point. But right now, I'm kind of just along for the ride. It's the first time in a long time I sat down to watch a show, and boom, and it felt like it was less than 20 minutes before it was over, but it's actually about 42 minutes. So I'm digging it so far. What are your thoughts on it, though? Well, you mentioned how fast it went like that. I think that to me was the main issue that I have with it, and that was the pacing. But then again, you and I see all the time when it concerns TV shows, they're always so fast-paced. Boom, boom, boom. Got to finish whatever it is within the same episode. You don't want to do two, three, four episode arc on that. You got to finish everything in the same episode. You got to find the killer before the end of the episode. You got to solve the crime, the mystery. You got to, you know, whatever you know, sitcom show, you know, you got to have everything done within that period of time. And the same thing goes with The Mandalorian. Everything was like zip, 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 zip. And nothing got a chance to breathe, which to me made it to me less of an effect on the actual show. I still thought it was very good. I still thought it was something that I, I, I consider maybe in a seven, seven and a half overall. But it could have been so much more special to me if they just took maybe an extra 10, 15 minutes, maybe make it an hour. I, when I sat down, and I, to watch The Mandalorian, I was you know, expecting an hour. When I saw it was only 42 minutes, 40, 42 minutes, I was like, really? Okay, that's kind of different. Okay. It's almost like they want to go ahead and put it at a later date on regular television so they can slap commercials on it. So maybe that's their plan in the long term. I'm not sure. But still, I was ready to sit for an hour. And I think that would have been better served for that episode if it had been put over in the course of an hour. I think Taika Waititi's robot character could have been a little bit funnier. I was expecting a little bit more comedy from him, and I didn't really get it. And then also as well, there was a silly scene where the Mandalorian was trying to go ahead and and ride one of the beasts that was there on the planet, and he fell off. And it's like, ha, 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 you're supposed to laugh and all that. I didn't think it went over very well. But still, overall, I liked where it was going. I liked the seeing the underside of the actual Star Wars universe, the aftermath of what happened with Return of the Jedi. I would have loved the Star Wars crawl. Can I ask you that? I want to, that's one thing I want to ask you. Do you think that this show to make it even more special? Because obviously Star Wars and everybody at Disney wanted to make this special. Do you think this show deserved a Star Wars crawl to help explain to viewers what's going on in the beginning? 
Uh, it would have been cool, but like I look at you know Rogue One and Solo didn't do things like that. I'm wondering if they're just trying to keep this as like a separate story, though it does kind of bridge Return of the Jedi with The Force Awakens. So yeah, it would have been cool to kind of see what's going on in the world. You know, go more into detail. Give us just a little like taste of who are the Mandalorians, what are they? What you were saying with the show feeling like you know you're ready to sit there for a long time. I was too because that's. You know that Star Wars. When you sit down to watch Star Wars, it feels like a it is a what movie. So you're ready. Yeah, right. And who knows? Like maybe the other episodes will be longer. But it's you know Disney has enough has a lot of episodes planned. I was looking. It's like eight eight to ten episodes, right, for this season. You know, yeah, I'm just so. curious. Is it going to run for two for another season after that? But it's an interesting world. They've done enough to build the characters. They gave you a little glimpse of what the guy's backstory is. We still don't even know his name, so it you know like like there's there's enough there to chew on, but it felt yeah it felt like it ended abruptly, and there's there's still more things that I would like to know, but maybe you know this is part of their their plan to hook you into more episodes. You know they're trying to pace it out so that there's enough content there to keep you watching from start to finish. Well, I do love the ending. I do love the twist ending that they put there in the end that, that, you know, the, the bounty, so to speak, that they were all going for. I won't say what it is because Disney plus is starting up. So I won't throw any spoilers yet or major spoilers because that is the major spoiler. What is the bounty at, you know, that they're going after in the initial episode. But I, I mean, it is a good way to end it. I mean, your thoughts on the ending, was it something that surprised you because it sure did surprise me. And I think it was the best part of the episode in and of itself. Yeah, it was surprising. You know, like I said earlier, you've never seen another one of those in the Star Wars universe, you know, outside the comic books. You have never never seen more than one of them on the screen. So it's just, it was cool, I guess, is my thoughts on that. You're almost uh, describing it without describing it, so to speak. So you got close there on, on blowing those spoilers. Well, uh... I don't know where I'm going with that. All right, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. No worries, my friend. But it is The Mandalorian. It actually, like I said, it was a good episode. I think it could have been much better if they just controlled the pacing a little bit more. But still, it was a very good episode. You know, I give it a seven, seven and a half right in there. I know Josh liked it as well. It's something that I am interested in continuing. They've got me hooked, especially that ending. So we'll have to wait and see what is in store with The Mandalorian. As you hear this on Friday, I will let you know that there is another episode that is coming. So they'll have two episodes by the weekend already in in the fray for Disney Plus. So be sure to catch that. They're not doing a dump like Netflix and other streaming entities are doing with the show. So you'll be able to see it one and one and one and one. So right now, I think a lot of people are excited just to catch the first episode and the second episode that comes out on Friday. So we at Pop Culture Cosmos will continue to monitor what's going on with The Mandalorian. But overall, there are great things that are going on with Disney+. Plus. We're both excited for it. We've been able to navigate it through for a little while and watch some content already on it. We have good things to say about Disney+. Plus. We think right now it's a very good value. So if you are on the fence when it comes to Disney+, Plus, we actually very much recommend it at this point in time. We think it's a pretty good service to go ahead and add into your streaming mix. Or if you want it to be your main one, if you're a big-time Disney fan, we highly recommend it especially. But even if you're just like a casual Disney fan, you love the Marvel, you love the Star Wars, you like a little bit of National Geographic, you like a lot of the old stuff from Disney, we do highly recommend for anyone out there that's interested Disney Plus as it's going forward at this price point. We think it's a very good deal indeed. What are your thoughts out there on Disney Plus? Have you got it? Have you downloaded? Have you tried it? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, plus also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, it's also a great weekend for Pokemon lovers because Pokemon Sword and Shield does hit store shelves this weekend as well for the Nintendo Switch. I know as someone who also loved Pokemon, the last Pokemon games to come to the Nintendo Switch, and as someone who whose daughter also loved Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu when it came to the Switch as well, I want to hear your thoughts. Are you excited for Pokemon Sword and Shield coming this weekend? 
there's been very good reviews, very strong reviews on it that only indicates that this is going to be an enhancement on the Pokemon genre going forward. Well, this is the first mainline game we've seen on an actual console. So, yeah, I'm excited to play, and I think that's kind of the appeal to a lot of people, especially people who grew up with the, you know, playing red and blue, uh, yellow, silver, gold, whatever it is. People my age who grew up playing Pokemon, I, I guess, like, the real trick here would be, is this enough to make people who are like me, you know, in their, in their 30s, and they're, you know, they got work, and they got a whole bunch of other things, is it enough to make them take time out of their busy schedule to play the game? And, you know, I, I, like you said, the the reviews are coming back really well. I was reading the one from Kotaku and the guy was saying, or, you know, whoever wrote that was saying that it's kind of like, it feels, you know, it's, it's upgraded, but it feels like the same old Pokemon, right? You're doing the same old things. While the game looks great, you're still just going around to gyms, fighting people. You know, they have the uh, giant Pokemon mode and there's some co-op things you can do in the game, but it's just kind of, it's formulaic. And I guess that's what you expect from a Pokemon game. I'm excited to play. Like, I really did enjoy going back to Kanto to, uh, during my time with Let's Go Pikachu. Like, it was just nice to see. Is a nice walk down memory lane. So is this game going to have, you know, is it going to have more than nostalgia, I guess? Like, that's what I'm curious to know. I'm going to pick it up. You know, hopefully I'll get some time to play it in the next few weeks here. But, uh, you know... I am excited to play it. It's just, it's nice to see a franchise like this kind of stand the test of time. And I know people are upset about how you can't import Pokemon from your, your cloud account. And it's not going to have all the Pokemon, but it's just, it's exciting to me because it feels like this is, you know, who's to say that you can't do those things further down the line. It just feels like this is the next evolution in the Pokemon series is it enough though to keep people going back after they play these entries? That's a whole other question itself. So after I play it, I do want to talk about it on the show, but do you hold any excitement for it? I know you said your daughters are, are avid fans of the series. They are, especially my youngest who again, played through quite a bit of let's go Pikachu. And I'll tell you what, it is something that she's excited for, especially, I mean, they're both Pokemon go fans. They've both been playing it during the interim as far as between releases, so they constantly are in the world of Pokemon. But something you said about the Kotaku review kind of struck me funny, and that is where do they want or where do even you want the Pokemon series to go? I mean, it's not like Pokemon's going to go ahead and have a Battle Royale like Fortnite or go ahead and be a first-person shooter that you can go ahead like that or maybe swing from ropes or, you know, you know, hang on close like Uncharted. So I want to know and where not only you're thinking, but possibly where the Kotaku reviewer was thinking as well, where can the series go? I mean, yeah, it's formulaic, but the formula works for so many years. Where do you realistically think it could go? I, you know, I honestly don't have anywhere I would like it to go specifically. I, I'm going to play it because, you know, it's, it takes me back. It's, it's a nostalgia trip for me. And like, I, like I said, I had a great time with Let's Go Pikachu. I've never played Let's Go Eevee, but you know, it feels like this is the right time for Pokemon to be on this console. And, you know, I guess as far as like where it could go, I guess the next big evolution would be story, you know, give us something new, give us on the outside of team rocket or whoever they seem to be fighting now. Like, you know, it's everyone always calls Pokemon like baby's first RPG, make it feel like a more grown up RPG. You know, if that's, if you want, it depends on who they're marketing to, you know, that's the big question I'm seeing in a lot of these reviews that I'm currently reading is who is the game for? Because a lot of people are saying it's, they can't figure out if it's for fans of the original Pokemon series or there it's for people who have never played Pokemon. So who is the game for Once that's figured out, we can go back and, you know, kind of decide, or they can go back and decide, all right, where do we want to go from here? Like my hopes would be a story because I'm a story guy in video games. I always love that. I just look at the way like Final Fantasy has evolved over the years, right? Like it used to just have the, the three member party system. Are we going to get to a point where like all your Pokemon follow you around and you just go right into battle with them? Like, how is it going to evolve to, to appeal to new gamers? Or are you just trying to stick with the nostalgia factor and grow up with the people who grew up playing it? Yes, it is Pokemon Sword and Shield. It is coming out this weekend for the Nintendo Switch. It is going to be Nintendo's big seller, driving the holiday sales this year for Nintendo. We want to hear your thoughts out there. 
Are you excited for Pokemon Sword and Shield hitting store shelves and being a part of the Switch lineup? PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, we've got something a little bit special coming up for you next. On the back half of the show, we've got two, not one, but two special segments. The first is Off the Cuff with Rob McCallum. And then second, we've got Topicocalypse, a section of that. And by the way, before we head on out to that, where can they go to go ahead and check out the latest episodes of Topicocalypse? Podbean, iTunes, Anchor.fm, Google Play, Stitcher, and all of the places where you can find podcasts, for most of them, I'm sure. And also find the Topicocalypse pages on Facebook and Instagram and visit Humanica Media on YouTube. You'll find all kinds of good stuff there. Also, we're on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, so you can check us out there, too. That is Topicocalypse. That and Off the Cuff is coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. Welcome to Off the Cuff Breakfast Edition with Justin Schoenrock. We are finally really on the precipice of this whole streaming wars thing. Apple Plus has started. Disney Plus or Apple, is it Apple TV Plus? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. And Disney Plus. I think those two names, that one of them's got to go. And I don't <laughs> think it's going to be Disney. I think you're going to see Apple maybe rebrand that a little bit. Or maybe not refer to it as Plus or something like that. Yeah, the Plus is kind of stupid. Yeah. We got Hulu, of course, Netflix, Amazon. Is there, first of all, just too much to watch? Like, what do you, how do you decide what to watch with all these different services? I mean, you got HBO and Hulu yeah, and all I this have, stuff. I have all these services, but at the same time, as you know, and anybody else that has small children in the house know, you, the TV's not yours until they go to bed. And then, it and then it's your wife's. Well, yeah, yeah, unless you somehow manage to like converge on doing habits, you know? <laughs> which, which is which is challenging sometimes. You converge but, by survival. That's what that's yeah. what that is. But yeah, it's uh, so I get about an hour and a half of TV time per night. Okay. And you know the ironic thing about that is, with all of these new shows and all of this new content coming out, I'd say for the past nine months, uh, we find ourselves binge watching shows from ten years ago that we've already seen, and yeah. that's the weird thing about it, right? Like we. I'm just I'm going through Breaking Bad again. Yeah, we did all of we did all of Breaking Bad. You know, that that was our first binge one. And then when the final season of Game of Thrones was coming out, we decided let's start from the beginning, and we mathematically timed it so that our last episode would end the Sunday before. Okay, I get Um, you. So you know, we did that. And then is that because there's comfort and you know you're not taking a risk on the precious time that you've got and you want to rediscover it is it the hype leading up to the finale possibly you know and sometimes it's just uh it's things you forgot about right so and then like our next one was dexter and uh, i'm on the fence about revisiting i bought it on on uh, apple tv because they had it for like 30 bucks the whole season or series which is a good deal but that ending though man well i mean the ending was horrible but there was so much good stuff leading up to it and you know like Danielle had never seen the show in its entirety. Okay. So, you know, for me, it was like, all right, I, I got to enjoy kind of reliving some of the stuff and things that I never realized. And like, now Game of Thrones was a treat to rewatch because having seen it already and knowing what was coming, there were so many things that they had built in to those earlier seasons sure. that were clear warning signs. Uh, that you just yeah. you never picked up on or things that you never realized until you rewatched it again knowing what you know now you see Tanya hasn't seen Game of Thrones I think maybe half of the first episode I don't remember season 6 I never watched the last season so I'm torn between going back and watching with her mm. all the way through or starting with season 6 and just finishing it on the fear that she might not like it and then I'm going to be stuck back somewhere in season 1 having to go all the way through by myself but I mean, streaming wars are upon us now. Like, mm-hmm. 
everybody, they say right now, everybody has at least two subscription services on average. Do you think that Apple and Disney's foray is going to make a big dent in it? Is it going to make it harder for people to watch? Well, we've been talking kind of about this, you know, colloquial water cooler type stuff yeah. for like the last ever since Apple and Disney both announced it. Well, really. then you got HBO's HBO and Hulu. Max yeah, Max is coming next out. year. CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peacock, which oh. is NBC. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. About Peacock. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you no. got the Peacock. That show me. Yeah, Do you think they're going to go with that? You think they're going to license that? For like ads? I, I don't. I know. I don't, maybe it wouldn't be a horrible idea, but maybe right. it sends the wrong message. I think you and I are on the same page that Disney is a no-brainer. Not just because if we have kids, although that is a huge reason for me. I, I mean, for the last three months, I've avoided buying any Disney oh, yeah. content so, so from, from Apple. There's been a few that I have slipped in there. Yeah. There's been a few that have slipped in there for traveling. They put it on the iPad for the kids to watch yeah. while we're driving, but. To see all those legacy cartoons and to see National Geographic as a separate thing, Star Wars, Pixar, yeah. like there's there's just so much to offer, and it, it looks like the cheapest rate amongst them all too. Yeah, for the most part. And in Canada, it's coming out on par for the U.S. So it's six ninety nine in Canada, and with the exchange, that's like you know five and a quarter. Yeah, no, I you know I think the Disney one is going to be right. The Apple one, I'm still on the fence about. It doesn't have anything major. Like, I mean, on Apple TV, you see the big banners for, or is it Morning News? That Morning News and C. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, For All Mankind, these the, like, the anthology series. My kids like the Helpsters episode that was there, which is the Sesame Street uh, collaboration. Oh, from the makers of Sesame Street. It's it's their only kids kind of foray. Oh, but they're, they're putting it on the front page because they know kids need something to watch. It was okay. It's about helping people and it's a bunch of monsters. Well, there was a lot of back and forth when they were designing that service that they wanted it to be super family friendly. And uh, there's you know, a lot of behind the scenes rumors that a lot of shows got scrapped. This is why a lot of like early creators and collaborators that came in to work on projects ended up leaving. Yeah. Um, now, how much truth is to that? You know, being that the first episode of C is out and, you know, there are... And it's it, free. It's free. And in that episode, it, 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 there are some very non-family friendly scenes. But... What's this show about? Because I don't know anything about it. Um, the In the future, uh, humans have lost the ability for eyesight. Okay. It's gone. Everybody's blind. And that's just become the norm everybody's just blind and it's almost back to like kind of primitive times isn't that like a metaphor for today yeah aren't yeah, we all yeah, really yeah. blind yes yes it's a very metaphor but then uh a baby babies are born and they have their their eyesight how back. can they tell if they, nobody can see how can they tell they, they can just tell it's you're gonna have wow, to watch that's, episode, that's a big hurdle to get over you're gonna have to watch the episode okay. understand. There, there's some things in there that are just like whoa i can't believe they showed that but they, they really go toward the story, and yeah. I guess that's why. It kind of reminds me, though, like Apple TV Plus, which I'm still trying to wrap around my brain as I say it. <laughs> it reminds me of like when Amazon and Netflix first started getting into their own shows. It wasn't like a, a big jump into it. I mean, Apple's spending a lot of money. I don't want to say that they're not. But the shows that are there aren't like headline grabbers. They're not like, oh, my God, I got to see this. For Netflix, it really wasn't until House of Cards took off that they became like becoming House like... House of Cards was like one of their first. Yeah, and then they became more of like an HBO where they got yeah. known for their own content Original, that they were yeah. creating. And then Amazon has slowly kind of caught up to that with a lot of their stuff. Well, but I don't see anything so far that I'm like, wow, I gotta well, I get like Apple Netflix, TV Plus. They're doing too much. They're just, they're just, they're doing too many shows, I feel like, right now. There's... Well, their shows, of course, are is all based on data and what people watch. So instead of acquiring it, they get to produce it and save the money and have it forever. I just, I remember the heyday, and again, it's because I think we kind of, you know, grew into watching this, you know, House of Cards, and then these other shows that came out. It was like maybe three shows a year, and then four shows a year, but every one of those shows was great. Was like blockbuster. Yeah, you only needed to watch four things every week. That was it. Yeah, it was it was great, and those shows would overlap a little bit, and then one would end, and then one would start. Yeah. You know, and it, it was kind of like the way HBO used to do their stuff yeah. too. It was just like Sopranos would end, and then yep. Entourage would come on. Yeah, everything everything was set up for a year round, and there was always the temple. So maybe yeah, Sopranos was fall, and then. Boardwalk Empire was this, yeah. and something was that. Like, there was always Six Feet Under, and there was always a thing. So every season, Sex and the City, yeah, yeah, you knew your show was coming on in that season. And now it's kind of, I feel like they're throwing so much to try to appease everybody. Yeah, it used to be it's a little overlooked. bit more like like sports, where it's like, okay, the NFL yeah. is happening, where it's okay, it's Sunday night, you know, it's football night. Yeah. Now even the NFL is doing Monday and Thursdays, but yeah. still. 
Oh, it's yeah, all, no, it's like, like every day is too much. Sunday nights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For what, 10 years? Yeah. If not more, HBO owned yeah. Sunday night. That was your spot. So what are your what are your predictions for all these uh, services? I think Disney is, is coming it's a, it's a at coming bubble. At, it's a bubble, right? It's you like, think it's going to pop? Yeah. You think they're going to go away? Is Apple really going to lose in this race? Is Disney really going to lose? I think it depends on how they evolve. No, Disney can't lose. Disney can't lose, right? It, <laughs> right. They can't. You're right. They cannot. It, it would be impossible for spent, Disney to evolve. Well, they've spent too much money on property, right? So... Be, in, well, in their catalog is so fan-driven property. Yeah. So you know, between Pixar and their animation Marvel. studios, Marvel, Star Wars, I mean, they, their, their properties are just insane. Um, and then packaging in their other brands like Nat Geo and stuff like that. And yeah, no, they're they're destined to to be just fine. And especially at their price point, most people can afford that. So this has been a special edition of Off the Cuff, No Guff. Hey, you want it off the cuff, you got off the cuff. It's <laughs> Off the Cuff. I'm your host, Rob McCallum. I've been joined by our special guest, Justin Schoenrock. If you want to hit me up with any more questions or any topics you want me to riff on, it's at Rob McZob on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. And we'll maybe occasionally get to you next week. Uh, likely not. That's why it's the occasionally weekly podcast. Cheers. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Topic Eclipse, the only podcast on the internet. Uh, I'm your revered or reviled host, Josh Peterson. I'm joined here by our resident meme lord, Brett Cruz. When in doubt, Jesus and tacos. And Big Doe. What's up, what's up, Miss Tasty? Do you know that movie's on Amazon Prime now? You can watch it. You know that there's a ton of people who've never seen it and never heard of it? How? Actually, I get how, but I mean, it's not like, not a lot of people are going to go to a movie called Sex Drive, but it's... So good. It's funny. So funny. It's funny. And the... the, What's a rolling brown out? It's f- <laughs> nothing brown, nothing brown. Rumspringer, Rumspringer. Uh, so that guy was on AB- ABC Family's Greek, and he played like the hardcore Christian kid. It's just the- his best friend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's and he's played Rusty in um, Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, it's just funny to me because those are two completely opposite parts. Like he's a well-rounded actor. I don't know why he's not in more things, but maybe he's just selective. Yeah, that's true. So last week I watched Signs. Did you guys? Ever, what, what What are your thoughts on on Signs? I just watched that like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, what it, it holds up pretty well. It does. It's a good movie. I know, like that movie was filmed back when Mel Gibson was going off the rails, or before. No, it was about before. Before somebody I know has never saw it, so we watched it. They wanted to watch a scary movie. I said, "Okay, Halloween. We got to watch some Signs." It's good because it's scary, but it's more like suspenseful so it's not like you're you're it's, seeing somebody get gored it's more like it's scary it's not a gore movie it's scary it's yeah it's like you and you don't need like the cheap you know no. jump scares well, where people well, are some of the some of the best movies are the ones where you don't like jaws you don't ever see the shark until the end of the movie yeah that that's what i think like it has changed with what a quote unquote scary movie is is that it has to be like overly gory horror whatever where like signs, jaws. You, you know what it was like? A, other another, another, a good, more common, a more newer example was Super Eight. If you yeah. remember that movie, like yeah. you didn't see the alien the entire movie yeah. until the very. Well, what end. do you what do you prefer? Something? Do you like the movies where you're constantly looking at like the frames behind people, or do you like things that are like it's intellectually scary? Like you have to just the mere thought of it frightens you. You're not looking for things to pop out at you. I think it's the same way, and. You're probably similar to this as well, Josh. Being someone who enjoys reading is that your own mind will create something far oh, worse oh, for sure. than whatever is told visually. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for cheap thrills or whatever and jump scares, it's always something that pops out at you. And it's always way better when you kind of let the audience, like, you give them hints and clues. But it also requires good acting in some part to, right. to build that. Something happens, you're like, oh my gosh, is it is it like this? And your mind goes crazy because our minds are insanely powerful and we don't give you know enough credence to that. But 
it's mm-hmm. like imagination. Yeah, imagination. I was gonna watch Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, that was the one produced by Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailers. It looks it's a horror movie for kids, but it looks terrifying. I'm a 31 year old man, and I'm I'm Way almost scared to watch it by myself. The other one Scary was. Scary movies still bother you? No, they don't. I mean, I love them. I'm fascinated by them. I, I watched uh, Curse of La Llorona, the one that's attached to the Conjuring franchise. Like that was, you know, it. They tried really hard, and like it had, you know, some. It had interesting lore in it. You know, there ha- there's there's all kinds of pieces in horror movies that make them interesting. I watched it. The second. Oh one? yeah, the new one. Or oh. not, I mean, not, the, not number two, but the new it. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. What did you think? What are your thoughts? It was good. It was. Uh, well, I didn't think it was overly scary, though. No, it was well written. Yeah. Like it was. It, once you get was, past, there were there were some parts though where he was like a little too playful, and I'm like, oh, this is ruining the movie. It's uh, what's his name, okay. Skarsgård. Yeah, like, no, he, I, he yeah. did an amazing job. There were some parts where it was written where I was just like, okay, he's getting too jokey, and like it's getting too like, not like, not scary, like Stranger yeah. Things, kinda. Yeah, and and I think, I think they did a decent job of. Putting in the suspense in parts. Yes. For that, but they they like didn't keep the same energy. No, it it kind of. Yes, seesawed. Yeah. It, it felt like a like a drama mixed with a horror. It film. felt like, like they were it, felt like they were trying to make it somewhat okay for little kids. I I mean in that process though there were satisfying character arcs like I didn't leave the movie wondering oh what happens this like I I read the book and I know there's like a lot of it missing from that film but yeah I I thought it was okay I came so, out so on that because. Well, it's been a few weeks since Halloween, but uh, I was I heard, heard for all of you who are it. listening to us. Brett just tapped on his watch. Is this an Apple Watch? Just for the folks at home, no, what, it's what not. is this? It's a Garmin. It's a gar. So Brett got the uh, Walmart of Apple watches, and uh, yeah. Hey man, got a, he knows a good deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not all, we're not all rolling in money, Josh. One of how do my, you guys look? Got, you got two Max. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and all these Gundam models, jeez. Fanboy. What do you do with all that? But some some guy was, someone around in like their neighborhood put a bunch of red balloons hanging out of all the storm, storm drains. drains. I'm like, that's good. Well, let like, me, like the kids. Like super easy, just attach yeah. a small little like washer to the end of the string, just toss it in the drain and keep walking. It's yeah. even scarier for kids who have not seen the movie though, because they know what it means because they've talked about it with their friends, but they haven't. They like haven't seen maybe the Man, film. Maybe. Like it's not more materialized for them. Not yet. But I remember like, that like, was, like I remember the that little, was the, like the, the scary little. movie in high school. Yeah. With uh Tim Curry. Yes, that was the best one. Yeah. All Tim on that one. Mm-hmm. There was no CGI, that was just Tim being Tim. Send us an email at topicoclips at gmail dot com. If not, you can find our this episode more on podbeanpodcast.com, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all the usual places. We'd also love you can follow us, like, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Until next time, it's been a pleasure. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis and we're back to close out the show this is pcc multiverse if you need a listing where we're at because we're being played all around the world seven days a week on radio stations worldwide just check out our listings today at pop culture cosmos on facebook where you also see a listing of many of our over 30 different podcast options as well well josh i know you mentioned everywhere you can get topic eclipse and i do want to thank you for letting us go ahead and play that section just now but I want to hear your thoughts on something else you're promoting, and that is your awesome book, Congratulations, You Suck. Where can you buy it? Because I think for a lot of people, it would be an excellent holiday gift. Yeah, make a great stocking stuffer. You can find it on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Powell's Book, and many other secondhand booksellers. So check it out today. Available in physical and ebook format. And go ahead and stop on over to Amazon. Leave a review if you would. I'd greatly appreciate it. That is Congratulations, You Suck by my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson.
Well, thanks again to Rob McCallum, J-Rock, and also as well, the entire cast of Topic Topicocalypse for sharing all their great stuff for us in this past half hour. Before we head on out, my friend, I got to go ahead and touch on something that is in the video game world with Star Wars, once again, being the subject as we get into more Star Wars and more Star Wars and more Star Wars. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is also dropping this weekend. I know we mentioned Pokemon Sword and Shield dropping this weekend for Switch owners. For everybody else out there that has a console like the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, it's Jedi Fallen Order. But I've got a concern, my friend, and I'm sure by the time this airs, it's all going to play out, but it doesn't look good when you don't release a game for review ahead of time. The embargo for reviews is not being lifted until the actual release date, which over the course of time, 99% of the time, something is up, and it's not good for any game that comes out with a review embargo is not released like that, because usually you want to release it ahead of time to spur up promotion, spur up good word of mouth, buzz, and all that. EA is not doing it. Plus, EA Access, the thing that you pay for that you've always criticized is almost like for testing and things of that nature – They're not even allowed to go ahead and get it ahead of time. So that tells me there's a lot of problems up ahead that could possibly be in store for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Well, they did the same thing for Anthem, right? And it ended up coming out and being a disaster. So I don't know. Like, this is the first EA game that I've truly been interested in in a long time. And it just, it'd be a real shame to me to see that game not do so well or not be so good, especially since it's considered part of the Star Wars canon. But this also makes me wonder, like, if it's not good and the reviews get really bad for it, will Disney finally cut ties with EA and move on to another company? I don't know why they wouldn't be releasing the reviews for this. Do you, is there anything going on behind the scenes? I haven't read about any of this stuff. So what what exactly is going on? That's the thing. Nobody knows except for if you have a review copy in your hands, you're not able to go ahead and release your thoughts to the public until the actual release day, which, again, like I've said over the course of time, is very problematic. It means you don't want anybody to know what the reviews are until your product is out in the wild and people have already snapped up a few copies. All the pre-orders have already been sold and whatnot. So by the time you realize this is a mess, it's a mess. 99% of the time when this type of stuff happens, I've only remember like once or twice where there's been actually decent reviews for a game that has been you know, the review embargo has been lifted on the actual day of release. So this is not a good sign. And when EA access where you're paying for the type of early access and you're not getting the early access, that tells me there's a problem. I mentioned to you before, I thought the young man that's playing the, the lead role, the protagonist in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order reminded me a lot of Hayden Christensen. And I don't mean that in a good way. So I don't know. It just it seems like to me that this is something that I wanted to go ahead and play because it seemed like very Uncharted-like to me in many ways with a lot of other elements brought in there. It looked good on previews. So I don't know where everything's going wrong. So it kind of scares me. So I, I'm. it's definitely not a day one buy for me. Yeah, well, it was a day one buy for me, but now I'm having second thoughts about it. it it's supposed to come out this week, right? That's correct. As the show drops, it'll already be out in the wild. It's just, it makes me wonder because, like, EA has such a bad reputation with people. Why would they not, like, already like, coming out at the gates, it, it's getting bad publicity. Like, once an EA game starts getting bad publicity, there's not really a lot of coming back from that for them. So I wonder, like, what is going on in their marketing department, or is it an actual issue with the game? This is fascinating to me. I'm going to have to do some research on this, but I'm, I'm really hopeful that this game is good, especially since it's star wars canon you know it's got it's tying into the series directly so this could affect both ea and disney so there's a lot on the line for this game there is a lot on the line for this game and you mentioned it earlier the fact that if this is really bad this if star wars jedi fallen order fails to meet any kind of decent expectations which is leaning on that and I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that it will be some good pub and good press and good reviews for it by the time this drops and by the time the reviews drop for that game. But if the tradition holds true and the you know the advanced word is not good, 
for this game as the game drops on the same day that the reviews are allowed to be released, then that's a bad sign. And you're right, this could lead to a situation where Lucasfilms and also you've got Disney now into the fray could say, hey, you know what? We're just going to cut ties with you once and for all because Battlefront wanted to, I, I liked them, but they didn't meet up to expectations. And of course, what you saw what, what's going on with all the other stuff relating to what with EA and Anthem and all that. So this is another sign that EA is having possible issues. They just can't seem to get everything straight. They have the resources. They have the studios. They have success stories mixed in with there with Apex Legends and the Madden series, which have been reviewed okay, not great, but have been reviewed good enough, and they obviously sell very well still. So there's the, they've got one side of the fence is really doing good. Then they've got the other side when it concerns their NBA game that they had to cancel again this year for you know what the second or third time in, in this decade, and and then you have other issues as well when it concerns the Battlefront games that didn't review very well, didn't didn't get promoted very well, and, and ended up not selling as well as they liked, and also as well possibly what could happen with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. You saw what happened with Anthem, Bioware, with Mass Effect Andromeda. So I don't know. EA needs to get its ship right, but it doesn't seem to be getting right at all. And we'll know this weekend, one way or the other, the thoughts of the reviewers out there and the initial reactions for fans that bought the pre-orders or bought the initial copies of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because we're going to find out this weekend whether they like it or not. But my feeling is that for the most part, it might not be good. Will it be on the level of Death Stranding, where you're on one side or the other, as you were indicating as far as you know, if whether or not you should play the game? But I don't know. It's going to be very strange when it comes out this weekend what the reaction is to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Any last thoughts on it on the way out? Yeah, I'm excited to play it. I, you know, I want to obviously I'll read reviews now to see what it's like, but it's definitely it's on like my top five most anticipated games of this year. So I'm really hoping that it's not as disappointing as they make it seem but you know obviously we'll see some more reviews popping out here uh you know by the time we record next so we'll be able to discuss a little bit more do a little bit of follow-up on it but yeah I'm, I'm hopeful for it i hope it's just ea being overly cautious and there's nothing actually wrong with the game i hope there's nothing wrong with the game but we'll find out this weekend when it comes to star wars jedi fallen order what are your thoughts out there on star wars jedi fallen order have you played it yet? Do you like it? Or is it something that you were apprehensive about? Or is it something that you're agreeing with the reviewers that only get to release their reviews the day this game gets released? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. My friend, it's been a great episode. But before we head on out, we want to make a reminder again we need your list of your top 10 favorite movies of all time. We do need as many as possible coming into us. So please, if you can, at all possible, you've got the entire month to do it of November. But we really love to see your list of the top 10 movies of your all time because we're going to go ahead and make another massive list for our popculturecosmos.wordpress.com site. So if you can, please send us your list of the top 10 favorite movies that of yours of all time. You can send it to us on our, any of our social media outlets, including Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Humanic Media. Doesn't matter. Just send it to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can send it to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Doesn't matter. Or as well, you can send it to us by email, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And then on Monday's show, we've got a great show lined up for you again with the Pop Culture Cosmos because we're going to be talking to Weekend Box Office and a big-time, buzz-worthy movie that a lot of people are looking for as far as the Oscars, and that's Ford versus Ferrari. That comes out in wide release this weekend. Also as well, Charlie's Angels, which has been getting pretty good pub and pretty good reviews. That's also coming out this weekend, so a lot of great interest there. So we'll be tracking the box office this weekend and giving you a report and an update on it on our Monday show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, I saw the redesigns for Sonic look pretty cool. No teeth, no teeth. Yeah, I mean, again, though, this, (laughs) 
it feels like a lot of this thing with Sonic and the same thing with the Scooby-Doo trailer is that it's a lot of older people complaining about things that are meant for kids. So I do like the new Sonic redesign, but as an adult, you know, if I were to go watch the movie, I probably wouldn't like it that much, but I am kind of excited to watch it. The Sonic, I think it's a step in the right direction. I still won't watch it until it hits home video because just, you know, it just does not look like it's going to be a good movie. I mean, Jim Carrey is hamming it up and just trying to, you know, bring back the 90s Jim Carrey and it's unfortunately 20 years too late. But with Scooby-Doo, it looks like a cute version of Scooby-Doo. I don't know why people have a problem with it. It reminds me of a pup named Scooby-Doo, you know, we've talked about that before. I think it looks okay. I don't have the occasion to watch many films these days, but, you know, if I had some time and I was sitting at home, I'd, I'd probably turn it on and give it a view. I would as well. And I think it's going to be something that we're going to be looking forward to with Scoob coming out down the road. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Okay, let's talk about the Flopcast. Where every week we drink a lot of coffee and we talk about comic books, movies, conventions, music, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, don't forget the coffee. Lots of weird, obscure pop culture stuff from the 70s and 80s. And chickens. Yeah, chickens. This will be the stupidest half hour of your week. We guarantee it. You can find us on the ESO Network. And... Flopcast.net. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.